and welcome to Women in Retail Talks, the podcast where C-suite executive women in the retail space share their stories of professional growth, leadership development, personal journeys, and more. I'm Melissa Campanelli, the co-founder at the Women in Retail Leadership Circle, a membership-based community of executive women at leading retailers and brands. I am so excited about our podcast guest today, Helen Aboa, who's the CEO of Urban Zen, which is a design, vision, and philosophy created by Donna Karen. Helen oversees the brand's operations, including the Urban Zen Collection and Artisanal Partnerships, Urban Zen Retail Stores, Urban Zen Center, and the Urban Zen Foundation. She also leads um, what I find to be really interesting. It's um, the groundbreaking Urban Zen Integrative Therapy Program that integrates Eastern healing modalities with Western science and certifies over 900 use it trained and therapists who operate in leading research hospitals across the country. A graduate of Columbia University, Helen uh, first achieved success in television and film before pivoting to the retail industry. And prior to joining Urban Zen, she was the Chief Merchandising Officer and Executive Vice President at Alexander Wang. And she also worked as the Global Director of Merchandising and Product Development at LVMH, Donna Karen. Today, we're gonna discuss Helen's career journey, why wellness is so important for leaders and teams, what Helen has learned from her mentors, and so much more. So with that, welcome, Helen. Thank you, Melissa, for having me. And I'm so glad to be here with Women in Retail Circle. Great. Thank you so much. We're thrilled to have you. Um, we've been trying to get you to speak for us, with us for a while, so we're really excited. Um, I, I kind of just um, kind of gave an overview of your career, but I would love to get into it a little bit more. I know that you were born in Eritrea, Africa, raised in Sonoma County, and then moved to New York. So Tell us a little bit about what happened when you first got here to New York. So I originally moved from a small town in California to New York because I always wanted to live in a large cosmopolitan city and nothing defined that more than New York City. <laughs> so when I first came to visit, I fell in love with New York and I, then I made it home. I started off my career in television for a high profile journalist and then moved into film before finding my industry of passion, which is retail. And each position has been a movement upward in the sense of personal and professional growth. I don't mean upward in that every role is always going to be a promotion upright. We know our careers are sort of zigzaggy and there's ups and downs. And each position has been a chance to learn, innovate, lead, but they've all taught me two very critical skills and that's storytelling and effective leadership. I'm, I'm so fascinated by that, the storytelling part of your background. Um, can you tell us a little bit about how you know, your, your success in television and film, how that kind of informed your retail career in terms of storytelling? Yes. So television and film taught me the important skill of storytelling and to be a successful storyteller. It's essential to know your audience, to set the scene by engaging their senses, stimulating their curiosity and making the purpose of the story clear, right? And the audience or the consumer should leave excited and in awe of the story we tell. If we think about the times we didn't enjoy a film, it's because the story failed to engage us, mm -hmm. right? It didn't put us in a state of awe or excitement. We didn't run and tell a friend. And then with that skill, I was able to confidently pivot into retail because I understood the role of storytelling in marketing a product to a consumer. There's an important role that every touchpoint plays in this larger story of the brand and brand experience. Yeah, I just, I think that's so important um, coming from a journalism background. Uh, it, it's so important to be able to clearly uh, tell a story um, 
to, to keep people engaged. I mean, I just, and it's so important in retail today, especially with all the content that's out there. Um, so that's really cool. So um, you mentioned that you pivoted to retail. Um, what was your first job there? And then how did you end up at Urban Zen with Donna Karen, which is such an interesting you know, company, which we're going to talk about. I started my retail career at DKNY within the LVMH umbrella with the aim of one day leading a retail organization. The first steps were to take on roles that would help me in my career path to manage my career and not let others dictate its direction. So my first job was an operations role. I was responsible for improving productivity and efficiencies across merchandising, sales, production, and the international divisions. Then I was promoted to a product merchandising role where I was given the responsibility of strengthening and managing the design process from seasonal concept, trend analysis, design, development, production, communication, um, and marketing. And then I went on to lead the global merchandising and product teams to drive the retail and wholesale business. My team and I were responsible for building the product strategy, assortment architecture, as well as creating the go-to-market strategies for new product launches since we were in a fast growth, fast scale um, stage in our, our business. And then at Alexander Wang, which was very exciting time. I was the EVP, Chief Merchandising Officer. It was an exciting period where the team and I steered radical brand transformation. Alexander Wang was at the helm of Balenciaga. Shortly before I started, he had just gotten back. So it was, it was just such a fun, exciting um, period in the brand's uh, trajectory. And now I'm the CEO of Urban Zen, the luxury lifestyle brand. It's rooted in conscious consumerism. It's focused on the four pillars of fashion, food, wellness, and social impact. We have a restaurant and retail concept that's in a few of our locations. Oh, wow. And yeah, so it's really exciting. It's different. It integrates all aspects of our lifestyle in one place. Yeah, I mean, it's so interesting. Um, it, I'm sure Donna, Karen uh, had some great ideas around it in terms of merchandising, like you were just mentioning, but you also have this um, integrative therapy program, which I just find so interesting. Can such Well, this is such an important topic these days. So how does that tie in? Yeah. So we, we are a multifaceted company in that we're a retail hospitality and we're in the wellness space. We were, to your point, founded by Donna Karen. Wellness has always been a key part of her lifestyle even at Donna Karen and DKNY pre-Urban Zen. So some people know us now for our luxury and apparel, jewelry and home, but the, at the wellness front, our teams complement Western medicine by teaching Eastern healing techniques to individuals, healthcare workers and patients in leading hospitals and private organizations across the country. So we're, there's Reiki, we're talking nutrition, we're, it's meditation, it's all these aspects that are again, complementing Western medicine to give the full wellness of the individual um, in their path to wholeness or to healing or wh wherever they are in their wellness journey. Yeah, I mean, and since you're sort of entrenched in it in your working life and in, in the, pro the programs you offer, can you talk a little bit how, about how you incorporate wellness into your life and also maybe your teams? Yes. So again, we're fortunate to have use it as part of the overall organization and corporate wellness has been part of our company culture for decades. Our program by design focuses on addressing 
some of the issues that any employee anywhere can experience, right? Insomnia, anxiety, exhaustion, sadness, et cetera. And we customize our program to meet our employees one-on-one -on -one and hold the space for them to be able to address their challenges at the office or home. It brings a sense of calm and clarity to employees, especially in this day and age. And we've seen more employees engage with the program for the last two years um, for obvious reasons. And I personally enjoy using the essential oils and the meditation practices offered through Use It in my daily routine. Mm. Really cool. Um, so speaking of your team, um, can you walk us through how you motivate them and lead them right now? I mean, you just mentioned it is a difficult time. Perhaps, you know, it would be interesting to learn whether or not these wellness programs are helping them, you know, keeping them engaged or keeping them employed there, given the great resignation. So I would just love to get your feedback on that. Yeah, look, we've learned that it's a combination of both, right? So the wellness aspect is very important, but it's also my approach to leadership um, that's really important to our organization. And for me, it's leading without ego. I've said this you know, before in women um, in retail circle that it's critical to the success of any business that a leader is open to hearing ideas and feedback from anyone within the organization because who knows better than your employees, right? What they need, they have to be part of this conversation. And I also preferred personally to self-reflect as the first action when dealing with any negative outcome, I can hold someone accountable and still look into what I could have done differently as a leader. I think that's mm. important for employees to see that um, in myself. Mm. And this style of leadership makes me no less a competitive business driver, but it increases innovation within our organization and engagement from our employees. Yeah, we just did a, a session here, a webinar on that, the importance of um, having a culture that is not driven by fear in order for it to be an innovative culture. Um, you have to be able to not be afraid to fail, you know, and, and be able to have a leader who appreciates that you tried and instead of, you know, focusing on the negative. So I just think that's such an interesting topic. I was reading Bob Iger's book, who was the CEO of Disney for a long period, and he made such an incredible uh, point and something that I resonate with me because it was also part of my story, my journey, was that I had leaders that led without an ego and they gave space for me to feel if I failed, it wasn't the end. And because of that, I'm the leader and I'm as successful as I am because of that. And I want to go ahead and extend that to my teams and our organization because people only succeed when they don't have to fear that failure is going to be the end of their career or a project or that they're going to, their last assignment or their last failure is not going to define who they are and their career trajectory. Mm -hmm. So true. It's such a great topic. We could do a whole half an hour on this. Yes. <laughs> um, another thing that's important to a lot of our listeners and to me personally is mentorship. Um, has mentorship been important to you and or to your career? And if so, can you talk about maybe a mentor you've had and how he or she helped you? Yeah, I'm a big proponent of mentorship and recommend that everyone gets at least one. Mm. I've had and still have a few great mentors. They not only help me create a roadmap for my career, but assign me stretch assignments, right? Sent me to, I was relocated to Italy for a period or Hong Kong. They promoted me to roles with PL responsibility and challenged me in areas I needed to develop. So I had one specific mentor who 
I am very close to, continues to mentor and guide me. She is probably one of the most successful people in retail. And I learn a lot from her and her mentorship at the earlier stages of my career were a little different than they are now. Mm-hmm. Back then they were about more roadmap development, personal and professional growth. Now they're very much about leadership and how to lead and how my leadership style should evolve in change and change in different roles because employees at different stages of my career need a different type of leader and an organization needs a different type of leader at different stages. Mm. So she's been really instrumental and someone I lean on, I would say on a weekly basis. Mm-hmm. Wow, that's great. Yeah, we, we think about that too, in terms of categorizing our content. It's sort of like, there's the two, there's two different types of, of development. There's professional development, which is great when you're starting out. But then once you become a certain level, it's all about leading other people. So then there's leadership development. So it's very interesting. Um, and do you do any mentoring? Do you have any uh, folks that you that you you know spend time with and help out? I do. I not only mentor, but I sponsor individuals. I meet with my mentees to touch base with me and answer any questions that they have or recommend some possible growth opportunities. But I also introduce them and connect them to other people who could be instrumental in their career paths mm-hmm. that you know they may otherwise not be able to meet or not have that door open if I don't make that connection. Mm-hmm. So I take it a step further in ensuring that not only in my engaging them and supporting them through words, but it's also through these actions that may affect their uh, career trajectory. Mm-hmm. So great. And when you say sponsor, I just want to make sure that um, our listeners understand the difference there between like sponsors and mentors, in your opinion. Yeah, I think, look, a, a mentor is, again, great feedback, development feedback, um, someone that you can lean on for guidance, who has probably been where you are right now, whereas sponsorship is a little bit more it's taking a step further in in places or in rooms that you don't exist in or you're not being mm. necessarily spoken about or opportunities is speaking your name, is introducing you to individuals and saying, hey, I am an advocate for this person. I stand, I stand behind this person and their successes. We'll also put you in positions that will develop you, right? It's one thing to say, look, I think you should take these development steps versus, hey, here's this role that's happening it may require that you live in Milan for six months or in Hong Kong for this month, but I will make this opportunity for you so that you can grow and develop um, rather than just be limited to language, I would say. So it's it's just creating real opportunities. Um, and again, they're both very important because sometimes you need someone just to tell you the truth, right? Sometimes it's just someone saying, hey, look, you need to develop here, or I think you should do this, or you're great at that, but maybe you should have somebody who works with you on this thing or whatnot. Whereas I always say my sponsors or a sponsor is that person who's been creating that space for you and creating that role for you. Mm-hmm. Right. Awesome. Who's, right. The, I think for women specifically, PL responsibility is so important and looking for a sponsor who says, okay, it's, it's one thing to watch a leader manage a PNL. It's another thing to be put into a role where you are managing that PNL. And who's that person who's putting you in that role or who's giving you that opportunity? Totally. 
Okay, well, we, we're just about out of time, but I always like to end uh, these podcasts with, with a personal kind of question. So what are you most looking forward to um, personally or professionally, you know, as we round out 2022 and even look towards 2023? Okay, so professionally, I am working on the next phase of Urban Zen and growing our wonderful team. So we have new and exciting products and collaborations and partnerships that will serve our customer and expand our reach. So excited about those. And for personally, I'm always looking for opportunities to grow and learn. So at this moment, I'm working on finally finishing an interesting read, um, Nature's Metropolis by William Cronin. Mm. He takes an environmentalist perspective on 19th century history of goods and services. Great book for those interested in the intersection of society and economy. Mm. Sounds really interesting. Great. I love uh, when when our our, uh, guests talk about books because everyone can grab a pencil and write that down. So can you just repeat it one more time, actually? Yes, Nature's Metropolis by William Cronin. Perfect. C-R-O-N-O-N. Perfect, perfect. Well, I think that's about all we have time for, Helen. Um, thank you so much for spending time with us today and for your wonderful uh, thoughts and, and insights. Thank you, Melissa. Thanks for listening. For more information on this podcast, please check out our podcast channel page at womeninretail.com slash podcasts for show notes. Women in Retail Talks is available on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, and Spotify. Make sure to subscribe on our podcast channel page as well. If you've enjoyed this episode, please take a few moments to rate and review. To learn more about Women in Retail and become a member of this amazing community, visit womeninretail.com. Thanks, and until next time, this has been Women in Retail Talks.